0: Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, Episode 80. The RV Entrepreneur Podcast is a weekly show for nomadic entrepreneurs. Today on the podcast, I have Alyssa for a mini-episode, because... You were really popular when you did your full episode, and pretty much everyone commented on the show notes page and said, screw Heath, uh, we just want to have Alyssa on the show.
1: It's exactly what I expected.
0: <laughs> so we asked people in our Facebook group to ask questions for things that we haven't covered on the podcast, and Dean Rhodes asked, he said, I would love to hear more about Hourly America and how you got sponsored, and how did the deal come to be? I know it's been on the podcast before, but I don't think I've ever heard it in detail. Love the documentary. Thanks, Dean. So do you want to kind of give a little bit of an overview on Hourly America and how that came to be?
1: Like how I came up with the idea first? Yeah. Well, despite what a lot of people think, going to all 50 states was my idea. Right? Yeah. Everyone always assumes it was Heath's because Heath's kind of super adventurous.
0: Well, if you zoom back to the original idea, the original inception of actually going out and traveling... Oh. I, I randomly messaged Alyssa one day while I was at work. Standing at my little stand up very desk. It goes up and down. I don't know why I need that detail, but it's I remember very that.
1: important to the story so they can picture you. And
0: I was listening to of course the most cliche book that people think about when like going out and making freedom and you know ooh,
1: ooh, the four guess.
0: hour work week.
1: Oh, I was gonna say into the wild.
0: Oh, no, I don't want to die. That's a, well,
1: like, that's you don't know he <laughs> dies until you get to the end.
0: Anyway, so I was listening to that, and I texted Alyssa, and I said, hey, there's five places that we've talked about wanting to go visit and potentially live. We should just go rent an Airbnb or something during our honeymoon and go stay in these places and check them out. And that was the very first initial push to go travel. And then you countered with, well, look at this crazy route that we're going to have to go do to travel across the country. Let's yeah. just go to all 50 states.
1: Oregon to North Carolina, like... Why would you drive across Iowa unless you're going to knock off all 50?
0: Yes, it was originally your idea to go to all 50 states. So after we came up with that idea, we wanted to have some type of bigger purpose, some type of mission.
1: And I think our first idea was just to volunteer in all 50 states.
0: Yeah, we didn't know what we were going to do, but we wanted there to be some type of project, some type of bigger mission.
1: Well, and I feel like that's like a thing. Maybe it's like just a thing like in America in general. Like if you're going to go to all 50 states, like you have to do something in each 50 states. Like if you put it in in Pinterest, like the most common thing is like, best ice cream in all fifty states and like you gotta go to all fifty in
0: hindsight I don't know why working was the first thing that came into Uh, our minds. Ice cream sounds like a way better thing to go do in all fifty states.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, working probably sounds like one of the more boring things to do in all fifty states.
0: Yeah. So we wanted to have some type of project, some type of bigger mission to go travel across the country. And I sat down for lunch one day with a mentor named Ja Zhang, who had done a project called Hundred Days of Rejection, which is now a TED Talk and a book called Rejection Proof. And, He's
1: done a lot of cool things. Yeah.
0: And he had done a project where he came out of the end of it. He would basically go out and intentionally get rejected to overcome that fear of being rejected. And I love that idea of there being some type of project that you could go through and at the end of it... And
1: like see the progress. Yeah,
0: see the progress and you come out of it a better person. And so I sat down with him and said, hey, look, man, I'm 23, still trying to figure out this whole work thing and my wife and I are going on this 50 state road trip and help me come up with ideas for what I can do during this trip to, you know, have some type of similar journey where I come out of it at the end changed and better. And the first idea that he threw out, he threw out there as an example, he said, you should work a job in all 50 States. And I said, that sounds awesome. I think I'm going to do that. And I was so pumped about it. He was like, you can you know, catch lobster in Maine and, you know, work on a cowboy or dude ranch in Colorado. I don't know. He threw out all these <laughs> random examples and I called Alyssa after having coffee with them at Barnes and Noble in Austin and I was so excited, and I called you and said, Hey, babe, I got the best idea for what we can do on our honeymoon. It's great. And you promptly said...
1: That is so stupid.
0: <laughs> so you didn't like that idea. But I persevered, and I decided I was going to hop on Google and... Like any
1: husband. He, like, he gets the no, and he's like, Okay, well, I'm going to do this anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I hopped on Google, and I typed in jobs in Albuquerque, New Mexico, because Alyssa had already plotted our route, and that was going to be our first stop during Hourly America... And the first thing that popped up was an online job board called Snag-A-Job, start scrolling through all of their job listings, everything from Domino's, Pizza Hut, Starbucks, all your typical hourly jobs, because that was their niche. They were all hourly, like monsters, more salary paid positions. And I had an idea, and I was like, okay, started to realize how many jobs I was going to have to reach out to, and how many, you know, how hard this was actually going to be.
1: Yeah, because it took you like four months after college to get a job, and it's like, you've remembered how hard it was to convince someone, hey, let me work for you a day, especially when it's one day for an hourly
0: job. And so I found their head of marketing on LinkedIn, I shot him a message, I said, hey man, I basically spilled my heart out to this guy, I was like, I'm 23, still trying to figure out this whole work thing, I got this idea, I'm gonna travel (laughs) around the country with my wife and I'm gonna work a different job in every state, would you guys help me find some jobs? And in all (laughs) fairness, he had no reason to get back to me Uh, but like 10 minutes later, I got a phone call from their head of public relations and he was all excited. He said, we've been trying to find somebody to go travel around the country in a wrapped bus and work different jobs and write about them on our blog. And I couldn't believe it. And I was still at my job and he wanted to know all the details. And we had none of this planned because Alyssa thought it was a bad idea in the first place.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's my fault now.
0: (laughs) and uh long story short we i a week later ended up jumping on a plane to go up to richmond virginia which is where their headquarters was and we kind of mapped out what this could potentially look like as a partnership among them i had just left my other job that was i was working in software back in austin
1: you hadn't left yet when you flew up
0: there yeah i had i was like right after because i got let go early remember
1: no you flew up there twice the first time you flew up there you were still working at you earned it
0: really are you sure yes okay i don't remember that so it was right around the end of it though it was right yeah. around there. the well, timeline gets a little fuzzy because
1: you told them like you had a plan whenever you quit.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good. Because point. then
1: you could like do like that thing where you're like, I'm gonna go on a sponsored honeymoon, y'all, and you like brush the dirt off your shoulders.
0: Yeah, that's definitely not how it happened. <laughs> they still thought I was a little crazy, uh, but it did help knowing that we could have somebody help sponsor this. So to kind of right. give context to the situation, because we've had quite a few people that have asked since about sponsorships. Part of the reason I think it it hit really well with Snaggit job, I think there's a few reasons. One was I had met their head of HR at a conference while I was working for the software company. And so we had just met and we had all hung out together and she knew that I wasn't a crazy person and she could kind of vouch for me. And I name dropped her in the email. And so I think that helped.
1: So like if you're giving advice to like someone else, like if you're trying to find a sponsorship. Step one: Build rapport with someone in the company.
0: Totally. Well, obviously, that's a, always a good thing, but sometimes that's not always possible. But I think in this situation, I'm just trying to explain like how it helped for us. You know, I think that was that was super helpful. And to give a little bit more details, Dean, because that's what you asked for. How we mapped this out was before we went up there. I kind of thought through. I almost treated it like an investment of sorts. You know, if I was going to pitch an investor, the more momentum you have in your business and your idea. Mm-hmm. I feel the the more control you're going to have because you have direction, you're not really looking to them for guidance. So the week before I flew up there, I really sat down to think through what this project could potentially look like and why I was doing it and tried to answer a lot of those questions I felt they were going to ask. You know, and, he, he, like, Keith, why are you doing this?
1: And while you did that, I planned our route. Yeah. And I was on Pinterest all week.
0: Which was helpful because then we could show them where we were going to be and when.
1: Right. Well, we, And we assigned them to a calendar. So I was like all up in Google Maps like, Okay, from this place in Idaho to this place in Wyoming, we're gonna need at least one or two days to drive, and it's gonna be mountains, so you gotta factor that in. So I think that took me like a full week to plan our whole calendar and our whole 50 state road trip, which we held to pretty closely actually.
0: Right and I think that that was helpful the reason why that was helpful for them was because they agreed to help line up 30 percent of my jobs during Hourly America Mm -hmm. and that way some of their because they have relationships with all you know like McDonald's and all these different random hourly job companies across the country so they could know when we were going to be different places and reach out to their contacts and that way we could spend more time out exploring and enjoying our trip and lining up Instead of having to line up all these jobs, and it provided a level of credit uh, and social proof in a way to have some big company, you know, sponsored a part of it. So,
1: well, yeah, it makes you seem like less of a crazy person. Exactly.
0: So, as far as the details of the actual sponsorship went, I think they originally said we're going to give you guys like seven twenty-five a month. And I asked, it was
1: twenty five dollars a day, which came out to about seven hundred
0: something. Yeah. And then I came back and I said, Well, what about like fourteen hundred? I didn't have a leg to stand on, but I basically said I I think it'll probably cost us around fourteen hundred bucks a month in gas. And then we met in the middle at a thousand. Why are you looking at me like I'm a crazy person? Our first month gas was two thousand dollars.
1: Well, yes. <laughs> Because California is terrible. It
0: was four dollars a gallon in California yeah, that, that summer. Was,
1: of course, we bought an RV height of the oil crisis, so gas was so expensive. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure you said he said twenty five dollars a day, which was like seven fifty, and you upped it to just a thousand. I don't think you went. No, higher I than did.
0: That. I did. I was in the car with him when I asked. Okay. So anyway, uh, so that's what we ended <laughs> up doing. We had about a thousand bucks a month coming in during Hourly America from snagging job. They gave us five grand to go to Hawaii and Alaska to finish our trip, and our deliverables for them was write a blog post from every job, and so that was 50 blogs for them. Uh, we had a dedicated site at hourlyamerica.com uh, that is still up and live. Which
1: never got which updated. Which never really got
0: updated that much, but anyway, so that, that was kind of a site that was co-branded. It was really, they created it. It was more for right. them than it was for us. And then when we did media, we made sure to give mentions to Snagajob, which we were totally fine with because they helped give this project wheels. Mm-hmm. And they, I think what was one of the most helpful things was we literally had a contractual agreement with Snagajob that we were going to finish. Like that we were going to go out for a year and travel around the country and do all these different jobs. And they were there to support us even if we needed them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that was our – was there anything other than those stipulations that we had with Snagajob? Or is that it?
1: Yeah, filming the documentary.
0: Yeah, that was another big thing, I guess.
1: Yeah, kind of a big thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, it's weird because I call it a project sometimes because it was a project before it was a documentary. We didn't have the plan of going out to turn it into a documentary. When we first pitched it, Snagajob basically said, like, we have some extra film equipment lying around. You guys need to document this trip. Would you be interested in turning it into a documentary? This was after mm-hmm. they agreed to help come on board and help sponsor it. And so they sent us a Panasonic camcorder and a GoPro and a little bit of extra equipment like a tripod and things like that and a mini boom mic. And Alyssa, you basically learned like on the fly.
1: On the fly. On the YouTube and the Google.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh and we were thinking like we're are we gonna do mini webisodes? At, at the time vlogging wasn't really super popular, wasn't really a huge thing yeah, at, like three or four it? years ago. And so Which I called we them could've. webisodes. That's how you know. Webisodes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We
1: were gonna do webisodes.
0: Which is so funny. Sounds like Dating ourselves like, in the internet world Yeah right now. it sounds
1: like We're really out of touch
0: <laughs> Yeah So all in all I mean Having Snack Job as a sponsor I mean I've gotten different feedback From people about What makes good sponsorships mm-hmm. And some people are like Oh you're gonna have to do things That are inauthentic to you And we never had to do that really with snag a job we we got on national media a few times because cnn found us on twitter and so when we were in new york they had a story go out about us and we did a few other places and i remember i forgot to mention snag a job once on like fox and friends morning show i
1: mentioned it on fox you
0: did yeah you came in the clutch but john was a little upset at me for not mentioning (laughs) he got over it quick but (laughs) but that was like the extent of like doing things that feel inauthentic to you And it was just kind of a weird situation. I was already nervous to be on like national TV. So, but all in all, it was really, really helpful to have a sponsor during that first year on the road. It gave us a little bit of that financial runway to get out and start traveling and have a little backbone of support as we built up some of these other income streams. And so,
1: the most important thing to us whenever we were quitting our jobs was that we both knew that we wanted to work for ourselves. Like you have always been like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm not going to work for anyone else. This was going to be like our segue to say, all right, we're going to start our own business because it gives you a little bit of clout to say like, well, we set out on this really audacious adventure to go to all 50 states and film it and blog it and do all this stuff. So if we actually finished, it was going to be, you know, this is amazing. We actually did it now we feel like we can do anything and start our own company. And that's really how it worked out for us, right?
0: Yeah. And I would say that if you're interested in doing any kind of sponsorship and you don't have, because when you think of sponsorship, you typically think of having a big online following on different a social media platform or your of blog. think like
1: a Gatorade ad. Oh, that's like, a, that's like the, Gatorade. yeah.
0: But I mean, there's this new micro influencer thing on different types of platforms. So I would say mm-hmm. that we didn't have that. So if you're somebody who's trying to go out and get a sponsorship of any sorts for a project and you don't have a following, and you don't have a very specific mission that ties into the company that you're reaching out to, mm-hmm. then I, I think the only way to go about that is to have some type of clear way that you can provide value for them from like a skills perspective. So like you can take really good video or really good photos or really good copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, you know, we did photos, videos, and copywriting for Snacker Job. So we had deliverables that they could use to boost their brand, and they had a story that they could attach to for the PR element. So it really hit on all these different things, and so it was okay that we didn't have a huge following at the time because they didn't care. And we had all these other things that we could provide them as like brand assets, if you will. All right, we're at 15 minutes. So that's all for today's mini episode. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.